It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Hey, Keith. Hey, so we got a um, a preview show, the Seahawks on the road in Kansas City, um, taking on arguably the best team in the NFL. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least the best offense. Now, their defense is kind of middling, but their offense is so good. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they put up uh, 428 yards a game, uh, which is, uh, you know, leads the NFL. Uh, which means they're going to get like 8,000 yards against Seattle because their defense right. is terrible. Right. And that's that, and that's a league average, you know, over league average defenses, you know, when you when you count for the entire season. So it could be, could be brutal. The other thing to pay attention to in this game, but if you haven't noticed, uh, it's, the, it's the preview show uh, this week for our show. Um, it's supposed to feel like negative six degrees in Kansas city on Saturday with that an actual, right. you know, temperature of, uh, somewhere between 12 and 15, but the wind's going to be whipping around in, uh, Arrowhead stadium, uh, mm-hmm. between 12 and 15 miles an hour. So that'll be pleasant. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, pleasant. That's the right word. Um, <laughs> That'll be the coldest game that Seattle will have ever played in, I believe. The wow. uh, the one in Minnesota a few years back, as as we remember, was brutal. Where Blair Walsh missed that missed that kick at the end of the game, Seattle walked away with the victory there. Um, 
but that i just remember that just being just cold everybody looked cold it was awful this is mm -hmm. supposed to be even worse but the only saving grace i i will say this for this game is that the field itself is heated thermally yes, heated it is. um that that was a move that started uh i believe in in green bay a few years before they did here in kansas city but um yeah these these super cold weather stadiums they put in um uh basically water lines plastic water lines through that through, um underneath yeah. the, the entire field about six inches down yeah. and they just pump hot water through it and it heats the field it stops the snow from building up it keeps it from becoming um rock hard it actually makes for a good playing surface so um yeah it was one of those innovations that uh is very welcome <laughs> uh especially yeah. when you're a visiting team in one of these places yeah, no, agreed. You're not hitting something rock hard. Um, yeah, so that'll be a factor. Um, and it, it is. It really, I, I think back to that Minnesota game, uh, and it was a factor, A, the, the missed kick. But overall, um, Russell Wilson was able to complete a few key passes in that game. But it took, it took him a while to get going. The first half in the, that game was mm -hmm. just kind of back and forth, runs and runs. And, um, nobody was really confident with the ball. But it should be interesting, you know, uh kansas city might be at home and uh they're used to kind of playing in cold but it it's stupid cold and so when it gets to be that point nobody really is is benefiting here it, it just really comes down to and and i will say this kansas city has a propensity to turn the ball over uh as it is anyway they're negative six right now on turnover ratio um and that could be a factor. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has thrown some interceptions in the last three games. That's why uh, they've allowed the, the Houston Texans and, and a few other key, uh, teams to kind of hang around with them. Mm -hmm. I watched them earlier in the year, the first game of the year against the Arizona Cardinals uh, here in the desert in Phoenix where I'm at. And they looked just so dominant. I mean, in that game, I think Patrick Mahomes had 500 yards passing and five touchdowns and, and Kelsey had, you know, 175 yards reception, you know, and receptions he's uh, and, and Kelsey's going to be a factor in this game too. Uh, Kelsey's got 1150 yards, a bunch of touchdowns. It's his favorite weapon. Uh, the other uh, couple players I thought I would mention off the top were the two wide receivers that Kansas city acquired in the off season have just really worked out for them. Juju Schuster. Uh, Smith Schuster has 850 yards. He's their leading wide receiver. Marquise Valdez -Scal uh, Scantling, who kind of washed out in Green Bay. Kansas City just got him on a bare minimum contract, and he's come in and has 632 yards. Uh, so those three guys are their primary weapons. Yeah, I mean, um, the the Chiefs went, um, they decided to, to diversify that offense, right? They, they traded uh, Tyreek Hill. Brought in a couple of of guys. Um, Juju Smith Schuster is a good player. Like he's not a guy who washed out or anything. He's a guy that uh, Pittsburgh would have loved to have back. And so, but they were able to get him for a fraction of what Hill would have cost. Um, also got a, the draft picks, the cap space, all those things, and it allowed them to kind of rebuild around rather than just having it be Kelsey Hill and and um, Mahomes. Now they've got a deeper. Uh, offensive roster, a lot more weapons, even if none of them are quite as good as Hill. I mean, nobody is, um, but it, they're just, they're different. And they're, yeah. they're a lot harder to defend now because 
you have to account for the whole field. You can't just double team those two guys and know that that's going to be enough. Yeah, interesting. And they've got a great offensive line too. Creed Humphrey, the guy that Seattle used to draft that name is just going to haunt me forever. Um, uh, he's at, at center, the best center in the NFL. Joe uh, Thune, uh, Orlando Brown is there at left tackle, locks down that left side for them. Uh, uh, Andrew Wiley on the other side, and of course, Travis uh, Kelsey, Noah Gray, they make a great combo as well. So all around, it's the best offense in football. It just is. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes is is having another stellar year, over 40, almost 4,500 uh, yards. He's turning um, the ball over more. I mean, he is having a great 11 year, interceptions. But, but he is he's turning the ball over more this year than in years past. And that's a little weird, but at the same time, it's not like he's got like, He's not going full Jameis Winston here. He's got 11, right? Yeah. Um, well, and, and you're putting their defense on the field when you do that, and that's definitely not the strength of their um, of their yeah. team. They're a middling defense, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 in the NFL uh, on most statistical categories. And that's where Seattle might be able to take advantage, especially if this game gets kind of rough as far as being cold. Um, if Seattle can run the ball at all, that would be nice. Um, their defensive front you know, uh, is pretty decent at stopping the run. They're number five overall in the NFL, but teams are usually playing catch up against Kansas City. So their uh, their numbers are diminished there a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, Seattle does have some uh, advantages uh, on the offensive side of the ball. If they can get the ball, especially in the middle of the field, I think the uh, against their linebackers um, throws over the top, over the linebackers and safeties in space is the way to kind of take advantage of their offense and move the ball down the field in increments and not try to just take big shots all the time um, mm -hmm. and, and keep the clock going a little bit. That's Seattle's really, to me, only hope in this game is to at least equalize that time of possession, if not have, have some sort of advantage with time of possession because you do want Kansas City's defense on the field if you're going to have any hope in this game. I don't expect that. I I'm looking at this thing, Keith, and I'm just going, is there any way, is there anything Seattle can do? And I'm, the only thing I can come up with is turnovers because otherwise it's pretty clear that Kansas City is the superior team talent-wise yeah. and just, you know, with the, yeah. they're coming in with the 11 wins or whatever it is. Um, they're just a better team. They're a better team right now. I mean, they they are further along in, you know, in uh, their pro, uh, progression and they've, um, been trying to stay on top and they did it. The, the hill trade is going to keep them there um, rather than trying to sign everyone and keep a quote unquote core together. And then having all of the depth and stuff slowly disappear, they decided to move on, get those draft picks, get that mm -hmm. cap space, diversify. They're going to be a better team for longer because of a trade like that. But um, yeah, I mean, you, I, you look at these teams, these teams, there's a, there's a lot of connection, I think, between these two. I mean, maybe for you and I more than anyone else, because the Creed Humphreys thing yeah. just it's still it still just eats at me because yeah. you and I were like pounding the table for Creed Humphreys. Yeah, before the draft. Before and, yeah, and well, then he just happened draft. to fall. He just, he, it just the draft fell just the right way. He was sitting there. And we made the decision to go in a different direction. We made the, the third, decision third to, wide receiver to draft a wide receiver that uh, can't stay healthy. Right. And even when healthy, isn't productive when the guy who's now the best center in the NFL was sitting there All pro. and um, yes. freaking 
kind of it still pisses me off because it was it seemed like such an obvious imagine what the seahawks offense would look like as far you know like the running game and stuff if they had creed humphreys there instead of austin Blythe yeah. right now right you'd mentioned you'd mentioned a couple of draft picks as well um you know with with that, that hill trade they ended up getting george Karloftis, mm-hmm. uh leo uh, chanel uh, the the linebacker Jalen Watson later on at the cornerback from Washington State um, has turned out to be a pretty decent player for them as well as a as kind of a third or fourth cornerback this year. Yeah. Um, and the connections to Seattle, Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, that's uh, actually where I was where I was thinking was uh, the Frank Clark trade. Um, you know, it's been four years, uh, but the Seahawks traded Frank Clark um, to Kansas City for a first round pick and. Um, I think like a third. Um, they ended up, if you look at, at the, the CX traded away other moves and they moved some stuff around and all of that. Um, so it's kind of hard to, to identify just what players the CX got for that trade because it provided them uh, ammunition to move around in other spots of the draft. So it's a little weird, but. Well, it, it made them reach, you know, in the first round there for um, who was it? Um, LJ Collier. LJ Collier. So yeah. we re- we ended up reaching after that trade for LJ Collier, which was the the downfall there. I think of that whole whole deal. Yeah, but if you the other the other players that you can um, associate with that trade for Seattle would be Cody Barton, who's been a great special teamer um, and backup linebacker this year as a starter. He hasn't been as good, but um, and then Damian Lewis, uh, starting guard who's the better, the best of the three interior guys that we always complain about. Yeah. So. But Frank Clark went on to, to help them win. Um, yeah. A lot of games. Well, he so- went, he went on to, he went on to be uh, especially disappointing um, through the right in the regular season, but then come on late in the year and in the playoffs and make a big impact. Yeah. And um, he does have some impact plays. He really does. But this year he's got five sacks. You know, Chris Jones is their guy, their their guy with eleven with all the pressure rates and so forth. But Chris, Chris Jones has been playing eighty-one percent of the snaps this year to get those up from fifty-six percent uh mm-hmm. three years ago, sixty-four percent, two years ago, fifty-eight percent last year, now eighty-one percent. So his usage rate is way up. And so he's wearing down this time of the year. The last three games, he just hasn't really had any pressure or any sacks. Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap are sitting there. Uh, but they yeah. have nine sacks combined. And if you combine Frank Clark, Carloftis, uh, Dunlap, and Mike Dana, they have 59 pressures and 15 sacks on the entire season between those four players. And then you've got Jones, which is their premier guy, um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of hold down the fort. But they're, so their defense is built around one guy. Um, and that could be dangerous, especially this time of year, if he is worn down. So that's another place that we're seeing maybe able to attack, especially late in the game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They offer same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and player prop options. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, 
the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, but if if they're going to attack it late in the game, they need to be able to run the football. Um, they need to be able to take advantage of that uh, 82% usage rate by running the ball, keeping him on the field, making him work, and wearing him down. And then, uh, you know, th- then things should get better. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it's a um, this is a tough task. This really is a tough task for Seattle. Yeah. Um, coming in, I mean, Seattle's banged up. Their, um, their, their lack of depth ha- is showing. Um, definitely, you know, come back to, you know, lost four of the last five, uh, come back to earth completely. Um, and now they go, you go, go up against the best team in the NFL mm. at, on the road in a hostile place. Um, and you've got to keep up. You got to figure out a way to keep up. Yeah. Kansas city is like the one place that rivals Seattle in terms of crowd noise. Um, I mean, officially they're, they were louder on their, on the individual, decibel test but on a play-to-play average i think seattle still wins but it's close right you've got you got these are the you know two great fan bases um and the cold is is going to be a factor too so you just look at all these things together and it's it's a really tough task um for seattle you know if there was ever a game against uh any offense this would be the game that you would want to have your running game be successful you would want to be able to win in the trenches to be able to push the ball and kind of dominate in the, in the interior offensive line. And we just don't have the personnel to be able to do that. Yeah. We've had that ask. It's been on the table for the last four or five games. We just haven't been able to do it regardless of opponent. Um, even if it's a, a middling uh, interior defensive line, which we've faced on, on three or four of those occasions and still haven't been able to do it. Now you take a look at Ken Walker. I uh, didn't practice yesterday. Uh, we'll see what happens as we get closer to Saturday, but uh, right now it's looking questionable at best for him to be able to suit up. And then we're taking a look at, at DJ Dallas. Hopefully, is is going to play. Travis Homer is going to be there. But after that, you know, you're dealing with guys that have been on the practice squad for for a while. So um, it, it's not optimal <laughs> to say the least. Uh, and they may have to ride Gino. Uh, on this thing and Gino's been kind of struggling as well lately mm-hmm. well and then you also look at um, you know the the passing game is diminished without Tyler Lockett in there and so it that makes it harder you know just there just isn't the weapons anymore because Seattle's built around two wide receivers they've got two good wide receivers in Lockett and Metcalf well without Lockett in there that's half your um, half your passing weapons and yeah, so and, and Eskridge hasn't been able to practice he's still out uh, yeah. Good ones in there, and Derek Young, and they just signed to the uh, 53-man roster. Laquan Treadwell uh, has been on the practice squad for a couple of weeks, and he's he, been kind of around the league as a former first-round pick that hasn't really ever worked out. Yeah, big, tall guy doesn't move well. I'm not sure why he was a first-round pick, um, to be honest. But everyone thought I was crazy when I said that. Uh, and um, but yeah, I mean, he's tall. He's a he's a guy that you can like uh throw it up in the corner of the end zone and he can go get it type of thing but he doesn't he doesn't run well enough to consistently get open 
So Seattle trusts him maybe more than Derek Young at this point, just because Young just doesn't have the route experience and so forth in the yeah. NFL. But I would run Derek Young out there to be completely honest and see what the kid's got. He's been in camp. He's he's been uh, on the team for um, thirteen games, fourteen mm-hmm. games now, and you just kind of have to see at this point in the season where you're at. Now I get it. Pete Carroll's never won to start playing players because he just kind of wants to check him out. If he's still in the competition for a playoff spot, he's not out of contention. He's going to try to win. He's going to do everything he can roster wise to do it. So I don't blame him. Yeah. But Treadwell has no, um, uh, they've got no one. He's got no future in Seattle. I mean, that's not, he's not a guy that's going to be around. Um, He's not a guy this team's ever going to depend on for anything. Dreek Young has some, uh, tremendous athleticism, some tremendous measurables that you saw. They flashed in training camp. They flashed in the preseason. The problem in the preseason was that he dropped a lot of passes. Uh, okay, has he been working on that? Is he? He's been out there running routes and and he, I think he, he a got a couple catches. Catch so. that didn't that didn't count last week against the sideline. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great uh, catch, and it just came back on a penalty. Um, yep. So yeah. Yeah, so I'd like I mean, to see more of that for sure. Uh, get get him out there, let him because he's one of the guys with the athleticism to uh, put pressure on the opposing defense. Even if he doesn't have the experience, even if he doesn't have quite the route tree, he can still run well enough to make life hard on the opposing team. I would rather see him out there than than Treadwell. And then of course, you know, Goodwin's just pure speed. So uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna run him deep a lot too. So it always comes down to this, um, especially this time of the year when things are looking kind of iffy as far as what you're trying to look for uh, out of this game. Honestly, I want, um, I want the Seahawks to uh, start to get right a little bit. I mean, this isn't a team that you're going to, this isn't a get right game, but I want them to, um, to start to look like they are competent at stopping the run again, that start to get where they can occasionally get pressure up the, um, up the, you know, up the middle or on the outside, just get pressure on the quarterback, even if they're not getting home, like the last few games, it's the defense, especially the up front, they've just been bad and they haven't been able to do any of these things. Well, um, and I want to see them, you know, doing their assignments. If somebody gets, uh, blocked out because their player in front of them is just better, fine. But to have big runs happen because people are not doing their assignment, they're like freelancing, uh, that's got to stop. And I, so I want to see them them do some of that stuff and, and see uh, what this defense can be like um, going forward because there's a lot of young talent here. Yeah. How about on offense, Kate? On offense, man, they've got to run the ball. You've in this weather in, against this team, you, and your Seahawks, you have to be able to run the ball. Can you find a way to grind out some yards and actually have an effective running game for the first time in over a month? That they that's if they don't have a running game, they don't they don't have a shot in this game. So they um, might be giving the ball to Igwebuke. 
the kid that's been running back kicks here for the last two weeks, um, he looks kind of dynamic in open space. So if they can figure out a way to get him open, maybe a, a few receptions out of the backfield, that yep. sort of thing to, to open that up and spread out. Kansas City is, is the best way. So if they can uh, create some, some plays in space um, to spread them out, I think that's the best way to take advantage of a running game. Um, I don't know if you're going to succeed. I, if I was Kansas City, I'd be doing I'd be doing what everyone else has been doing: stack the box, and and make Seattle fail on first and second down, running the ball and force Geno to throw. Yeah, I mean that's and then that, you can. It's easier to defend that way. True, and that's why the Seahawks are their offense works best when Geno's throwing the ball on first down. Um, you know, sixty percent of the time, and they're running because it. Because then you can't stack the box. You've got to, um, you've got to right. look at Seattle's offense as a complete, you know, picture and and look and defend the whole field. And so they they need to do that. But they also, when they run it, they need to be effective at running it. You know, if it's second and three, um, and you run the ball, you should be able to get that first down. Um, and right now they're getting a yard, and they're bringing up third and two. Yeah. Like they. They need to get through that. They need to, uh, you know, get to a point where they're running the ball effectively um, again. And they haven't. Early in the season, they were running it great. Um, you know, Penny had some good, you know, good games in there. Um, Walker looked like he was get, had a shot, uh, shot at uh, offensive rookie of the year. And then suddenly midseason, it's like all of a sudden now they can't run on anyone. It's just really hard to run on Chris Jones and Nick Bolton, uh, their their middle linebacker. Those guys in the middle just really plug that thing up, and um, and then when you try to get outside, um, you've, you've got Frank Clark there, you've got Carl Loftus. Um, it's just really challenging. They make it really challenging. And Willie Gay too, their weak side linebacker, has a ton of speed and and a big player, um, and and, um, and and used effectively. Now against the pass. Guys like Willie Gay can't do it. Um, Bolton, Nick Bolton is awful in coverage. Um, so if they can take advantage of, of trying to either run some screens or our tight ends, um, that could be a way that we could march down the field a little bit, convert third downs. I'd like to see the tight ends really used in this game. Oh, the tight ends have to be used. We were just we were talking about the wide receiver uh, depth issues that Seahawks have. Um, the way you combat that, you don't have the talent at wide receiver to go, oh, we got Lockett, next guy is going to step up and and replace him. The, where the talent is is at the tight end position. You've got three tight ends um, that can all play. They're all um, good players, good pass catchers, good route runners. Um, get them out there. Rotate them through. Put one of them in the slot, two of them on the line if you have to. Like Go with some 13 personnel and... Uh, and then throw out of that because you're going to create mismatches. The nice thing about, um, if, if you can call it nice, <laughs> in Kansas City's offense is it all runs through Patrick Mahomes. It's a pretty predictable situation. They, yeah, it's, they don't it's run predictable the ball and impossible to stop. They don't run the ball very much, and they throw a lot, and, and they're very successful at it. But that's Seattle's strength, actually, is, is defending uh, the pass when you've got Tariq Woolen there. Uh, Quandre Diggs is kind of a ball hawk uh, sort of free safety 
Uh, it's been dropping a few uh, lately, but um, in the past, he's had five or six uh, interceptions each year. Uh, it'd be nice for those guys, those two particularly, to generate some turnovers, maybe, you know, Kobe Bryant uh, ball punch out type of thing, because I'm serious. If we can, if we can take two or three drives away from Kansas City because of turnovers and Seattle doesn't turn the ball over on the other side, that's the, that's the best chance I think that Seattle has to win this game. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that you have, um, you've got a, a situation where it's, the Seahawks have to figure out how to get pressure on Mahomes. You know, he's one of the guys that can run around and make plays even when you do get pressure. Like, you have to get home um, on him. But at the same time, like, you, they've got to be able to do something. And if they're not going to be able to, it's going to be a long game. Kansas City's only allowed 27 sacks. And I, know. I think they've got the best, one of the best uh, pressure rate um, rates for an offensive line in the entire league as well. So a lot of teams aren't getting home. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to, to figure out a way or have a, a career game from one of our guys, Daryl Taylor, uh, LJ Collier and his only move, which is a bull rush. I mean, just get anything, uh, to disrupt timing and that, that gives your uh, team an opportunity. Um, and they've been turning the ball over lately. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what it's going to take. They're going to have, I mean, the chiefs let a team like Houston hang around. They yeah. Um, turned the ball over. They made some mistakes defensively and whatever, but Houston just doesn't have the talent to finish that. As you've seen, like um, the, pretty much the last six weeks where they've been in position, um, you know, to, to get a win and then find ways to lose. Yeah. Uh, they just don't have the talent to, to take advantage of the situations they find themselves in. Seattle is a much better team. Like they, if, if Kansas City lets Seattle hang around, Seattle can win this. So the you know the Bengals beat the Chiefs December fourth. The Broncos hung uh, on December eleventh and and uh, dropped that game by eight points at the end, thirty four to twenty eight. Uh, the Texans went to overtime with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs beat them uh, with a touchdown there um, after a couple of um, possessions in overtime. So it'll be interesting to see that the weather's a huge factor here and nobody really likes to talk about the weather as being a factor in football when it, when the wind chill is negative five, I think you, you do factor that in because it is cold and it's, and the ball is really hard and um, the wind is going to be swirling around in that stadium. It's hard to kick anyway, if the wind's blowing just straight, but if it's swirling and coming from different directions, um, it's it's tough. it's gonna be tough. It's gonna yeah, be cause, so tough. Because you can you're there and you look at the flags on the um on the goalpost and they'll be going one direction <laughs> and then you look up just above that at the at the flags that are in the, the rim of the right. stadium and they're going in the opposite direction and yeah. you're like, How is this ball gonna curve when you hit it? Especially because when you're on the field, you're gonna feel something even different beyond that. Uh it it's a real hard place to kick. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real hard place to kick in September. Um, yeah, and, and it's one of those true home field advantage uh, places to play, as you mentioned earlier. So it'll be interesting. Okay. Prediction time, Keith. Um, be, be real with me. Be honest. What are we looking at here? Uh, we're looking at a long game. I think we're looking at a game where, uh, Kansas city 
puts up some points on Seattle because the defense is terrible and Seattle just can't hang with them. They just don't have the, they don't have the talent offensively um, on basically the, the, the lack of Tyler Lockett, the lack of uh, a running game because of the interior offensive line, a lack of pack pass protection up the middle um, is going to make life hard. I think Kansas city kind of runs away with this one. I'm looking at like 31, 17. Yeah, if we can put up 17. I, you know, I, if without a run game, I don't even know if we can get to 17, like 13, 10, something like that. Uh, if we can run the ball, I think that we can hang for a while. I think they pull away. But it's one of those deals where I, we just don't have enough on uh, defense to stop them. So I, I watched that game earlier in the year, and Patrick Mahomes was just like a surgeon. Um, going all over the field, took advantage of everything that, that uh, the Cardinals uh, were not able to do on defense. Now, I think Seattle has the potential to be just slightly better than the Cardinals were on, on defense that I witnessed, but still not enough to stop the, the best passer in the NFL and the best offense mm-hmm. um, as far as yards and points is concerned. Um, on the offensive side, I think that we can be successful, but the the opportunities that we have i think the the time of possession is going to eventually just kill us in this game because i just don't think that we're going to have the opportunities unless we get turnovers if we can get two or three turnovers and we don't turn the ball over ourselves um and we can equalize this game as far as time of possession we have a chance and um if that's the case we could be looking at at some of these other close games that they've been able to to uh, to give opportunities to like the texans and the broncos and so forth um, otherwise this thing is going to get away and I, and I think it will eventually. So I'm with you. I think that, you know, we're t- probably talking like 27 to 17, 27 to 13, something like that, Kansas City. Yeah. That sucks. It's bad when you and I both think it's going to be lopsided against Seattle because we are two of the, um, more positive, optimistic yeah, guys sure, um, sure. out there and we both think Seattle is going to get pummeled so that's that's not a good place to be i think that when you get to this time of the year you you know what you are you're no longer speculating that hey we can pull this out if this and this and this happens we've seen it over and over now we kind of know who we are we're a team that can't defend the run and have really struggled defending the pass as well And, and then you're dealing with the best offense in football and on the other side we've been really struggling lately gino's been uh throwing some interceptions uh, he's been throwing some balls that should have been intercepted. And then our running game is just non-existent. Mm-hmm. And when you combine all of that on the road against Kansas city, a playoff team, a contender for the AFC, um, uh, overall and super in the super bowl, it's not a very good matchup for yeah. the Seahawks. And I'm just trying to be real now. Is there always a chance to win? Absolutely. And if they do, I'll be as happy as a camper because the next two games after this, they've really got an opportunity. They could get back into the playoff race, and, and that's a whole new thing, and it's fun, and, and um, you go steal a game in the playoffs, and that's that's great. All right. Um, I think that's it, Keith. Let's go have some fun, watch the game. Game's on Saturday this, uh, um, this week um, on Christmas Eve. So that'll be a, a, a fun game to, to watch and um, be warm, everybody in front of their own TVs. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you're at the game by a chance, if you're a, a 
uh, Seahawk fan, I'm thinking of Dana O'Gorman. Um, wear wear layers, <laughs> be be warm. Some some warmers in the pockets, all that kind of stuff. So, all right, you can find Warm, Keith warmers in your shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> around your neck, the whole thing. Yeah, everything is gonna be cold. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know where to find us. Uh, find Keith. Find myself. Um, and when you find the show, make sure you hit subscribe. That really helps. So next time, till next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.